This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 232. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about some tools that we can use to work on our anxiety when it presents itself. A month or so ago, I accomplished and became a compassion fatigue certified professional. And some of the things that I learned in my studies apply so well to the stress and the anxiety that we have on a daily basis that I thought I would get together some tools and talk to you about them. And these are tools that we can either use at work or at home to help when we're feeling anxious. If you've listened to me before, you know that I sometimes have feelings of worry and anxiety, which every human does, by the way, but there are ways to feel it and not let it hold you back. So today on this podcast, I will give you a list of some of the things that I do personally and some of the techniques that I learned and was presented with at my Compassion Fatigue Studies course and how the science works around anxiety and how we can learn what it feels like in our body and then learn to handle it, be in it and still be able to do our jobs and live the life, the delightful life that we want to live. Before we get into that, I just want to remind you that life coaching with me will help you design the life of your dreams. Don't be worried that you don't have anything to say or that you might feel awkward from getting coaching. If you reach out for coaching, you'll see that it's fun and also very useful in working on your thoughts and feelings, not only about vet med, your chosen career, but everything that happens in your life. It's a great way to take charge of your life and learn some techniques so that your life will be all that you want it to be. We will work on everything from goal setting to managing anxiety and stress, fear of confrontation, leadership challenges, and also even setting boundaries. It all applies to life and career coaching. So go to my website and click on the button to sign up on my calendar for an introductory session, and I'll show you how fun it is to get coached. Also, while you're there, sign up for my free Wednesday Weekly Words And I'll send you a small email to your inbox every Wednesday morning. It's easy peasy. And hopefully the words that you hear every morning will encourage you to do some of this work so that you can have a great time in your job and in your life. Go to juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. And if that's too scary for you, just email me at jacapeldvm at gmail.com. And I would be happy to answer all of your questions. Okay, so now let's talk about some anxiety-solving tools. First, I want to talk a little bit about what is anxiety. And a lot of us think we know what it is, but we don't always, right? Most of us don't recognize our own anxiety for what it actually is. It often shows up as physical symptoms first. We think that there's something wrong with us or that we are weak or even sometimes it feels like we're going crazy. The first step to successfully manage that anxiety is to learn to understand it 
and recognize it in yourself. How does your body show up when it's anxious? This is where we must practice a little self-awareness. There's a belief that if we learn about anxiety, that we will become more anxious. The more we think about it, the more we talk about it, the more it will manifest in our body. And that is a myth. Anxiety is a normal, common emotion. And once we accept that fact, it becomes much less powerful. We will be less fearful of that anxious feeling, even though we still may not like it. But we will become less fearful and confused by it if we do some work on it. The reason that we experience anxiety is because we perceive or think that we're in danger. And this response is great when there's actual danger, right? If a car, you step out in front of a car and you jump back, that's anxiety. But it becomes a problem when the perceived danger is not actually dangerous. So something like going into an exam room with a client might make us feel anxious, but it's not really dangerous in most in most uh, circumstances, right? There are a few dangerous clients, I guess you could argue. The other thing like public speaking, sometimes I get really anxious if I'm going to be giving a presentation. Um, a job interview can bring up anxiety. But these are things that your body thinks are dangerous, but they're not actually dangerous. And anxiety is also something that can happen when something simply feels dangerous. So it might just be you wake up in the morning and you have to go to work that day. And that brain of yours feels like work might be dangerous because bad things could happen because in the past bad things have happened, right? Your chihuahua brain holds on to all that negativity and it makes you feel anxious. But just know that anxiety is normal. Everyone experiences it at times. It's normal to feel anxious before you go into a big surgery or a job interview or sometimes even a client exam room, right? Some of us feel that. But it's adaptive. When you experience anxiety, your body's fight, flight, or freeze response is what's triggered. And that response prepares your body to fight and defend itself. And so it's an adaptive emotion, And it's not dangerous. Sometimes it feels really uncomfortable. It feels like you're having a heart attack. Sometimes mine feels like I'm getting an ulcer because my stomach gets really tight and sore. But remember that all those sensations that you're feeling are there to protect you from whatever danger your brain perceives. And it's temporary. When you're anxious, it feels like it's not going to go away. But it's very temporary and it will eventually decrease or go away. And these tools that we're going to talk about today will help us decrease it faster and deal with it faster. And just know that even when you're feeling anxious, not everybody knows about it. Because sometimes that's that's the part that bothers us, right? And if you can verbalize those words when someone says, you know, you're acting a little off because sometimes they do notice it. And if you can just say, you know what, I'm feeling a little anxious today. I'm not really sure why, but I'm having this low-level anxiety. Talking about it, getting it out, will make it easier for other people to help you. So understanding your own anxiety in your body is kind of the first step in being onto it when it happens. So how does your anxiety feel in your body? It could be rapid heartbeat rapid breathing, heart palpitations, you could sweat. 
You could have hot flashes. You could get nausea or stomach upset or even stomach pain. You could get dizzy or lightheaded. Your um, chest might get even tight. You could have numbness in your arms or your hands. And sometimes you get a headache. That's a real common one. A lot of times I get headaches um, at work. And I think it's it's from anxiety. You know, We're, we don't realize it, but it shows up as a physical sensation in our body. But truly, anxiety starts with your thoughts. And then it affects you physically. Before you even recognize that you're anxious, the anxiety in your body will then affect the way you behave and come across. So I heard someone say you can think of it like a smoke alarm. And I might have said this on the podcast before. When a smoke alarm is there to protect you and there's an actual fire, then it's useful, right? But if it's always going off when you're cooking, which mine sometimes does, then it's annoying and you want to stop it. So if you think of your anxiety like a fire alarm, it's actually doing its job, but it just gets annoying when it gets too vigilant and and sees too many dangers for you. So we don't want to eliminate your anxiety altogether because it does protect you from danger. We want to just learn to feel it and then learn to manage those feelings so it can work more properly. So it's a, a fixed fire alarm, so to speak. So once you learn about your anxiety and you do the work that way so you can recognize it, then let's learn some tools that we can use to get ourselves out of it so we can function properly. And I call them tools because they require you to use them. They're kind of like a new piece of equipment that you get in the veterinary hospital. You have to learn how to use it. You have to practice with it in order to become good at using these tools. So it's not going to be an automatic thing. You're not just going to switch off your anxiety forever. You do have to use the tools. You do have to practice them. And if you don't, things aren't going to get better for you. And these tools, there's a lot of them. And there's even more that I'm going to talk about on this podcast. So pick the ones that work best for you. Not everything works for everyone. Our minds all work differently. It's very personal when you pick a tool to work on your anxiety. So just know that if I say something and you're like, okay, I've tried that, it doesn't work for me, that that's okay. We just have to find another tool and another tool and another tool until you feel comfortable in this management of your anxiety. So we all learned in biology or physiology class or wherever we learned it that our sympathetic nervous system is the thing that controls our fight or flight response. And the parasympathetic nervous system works to relax our body. And our vagus nerve is part of that parasympathetic nervous system. So that vagus nerve starts in our brain and then goes throughout our body. It controls our lungs, our heart, our intestinal tract, as well as a lot of our muscles. And so a lot of times when we're overstimulated in anxiety, it affects all these other parts of our body and causes these physical sensations. But if we can stimulate our parasympathetic and our vagus nerve, then we can calm a lot of this down. And so this vagus stimulus is something that's kind of all the rage right now, like all the psychology people and coaches and everyone are talking about it. But it makes a lot of sense. And it's something that um, the professor that taught me my compassion fatigue course 
talked a lot about. So some of the things I'm going to talk to you about will help stimulate that vagus nerve to help slow down your heart rate. And we do this with our animal friends, right? We I know when I see certain lizards like iguanas, if you can stimulate their vagus nerve by putting pressure over their face and their eyes, they will calm down and stay calmer. So this is a tool that we've used on our patients and now we want to learn to use it on ourselves. So the first tool I want to talk about is something that we get talked about a lot, but it really does work. And I think it's a tool that we can use in the hospital because it's super simple and it's a deep breathing tool or circular breathing or ocean breathing. There's a lot of different breath work that we can do. It just has to be controlled and controlled breath stimulates your vagus nerve. It slows everything down and also because you have to concentrate to do it, it helps your brain let go of some of the spinning thoughts that are part of your anxiety. And this is something you can do at work and no one will ever know that you're trying to decrease anxiety if you don't want people to know that you're feeling that way. So you can take several long deep breaths and blow them out. And in my yoga classes, they always say in through the nose, out through the mouth. And so if you just take very deep breaths, that works. And when you're doing yoga and meditation, they always focus on the breath and they do it for a reason because it calms the body. Circular breathing is another technique where you take in a breath slowly and hold it and then blow it out slowly and hold it again. And some people do four seconds, four seconds, like in a square. And some people do six seconds in and 10 seconds out. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but basically it's Breathing in and breathing out, circular breathing, holding it. And that's part of the kind of letting that vagus nerve settle down. And have you ever noticed yourself taking a deep breath and then sighing? I do this a lot when I'm really frustrated. I go (gasps) like that, kind of that (sighs) sound or just like (sighs) that sound where you're just frustrated. And that's just that sound is just you breathing in deeply and out. And that's part of your body trying to calm yourself down. There's another term that I learned recently called ocean breathing, and it's something very similar, but it was a new term to new term to me. It basically means that you take a big breath in and then noisily blow it out. So we sometimes do this in yoga where we just kind of like fog up a mirror, right? Or you could do it like the ocean, really long and loud. So I apologize if I'm breathing into this microphone, but I just want you to feel these examples so you know what to do. So like you're fogging up a mirror, blowing out really big breaths, emptying your lungs all the way. If this works for you and you notice yourself ramping up at work, do some breathing exercises before you go into the next exam room, before you walk into your surgery. So that's breath work. Another tool that I love, and I practice this at work sometimes too, is power posing. If you've never read the book Presence by Amy Cuddy, you need to read it. It's an excellent book on becoming present in your life. And she talks a lot about her studies in positive psychology. And she and some other researchers found that simply putting your body into more powerful positions or more open positions can increase your self-confidence, it engages your brain into feeling more relaxed, and then you're better equipped 
to do difficult things. So power posing is an exercise where you just stand up straight and I like to do the one where you put your hands on your hips and you look like Wonder Woman. You like you put your feet apart and really take up as much space as you can with your body and feel very powerful. And when you do that, you have to stand there for a few minutes. You really have to embrace it. Put your head up, your chest out, do the whole thing. The other thing you can do is do like the starfish pose where you put your hands way out and you just take up as much space as you can. Those exercises also cause you to breathe deeper, right? It makes sense. You're puffing out your chest. You're making yourself big. Those power poses will calm your nervous system. So just take a minute to spread out and stand there. And if you're listening to this podcast somewhere, you can do it. Just try it and stand there for like 10 seconds, 20 seconds. You'll start to feel more relaxed. You'll start to feel more confident and in control and even more focused. It's been shown to increase your performance. So you'll even do better in an interview. You'll even do better during your surgery. My daughter told me that if she power poses before she auditions, if she is a singer, that she shows up better. So I'll do this sometimes when I'm just worried. You know, I'm at work and I'm either in a dental where I'm struggling with a tooth or I'm getting ready to go into a big surgery that's making me a little anxious, I'll just stop and I'll like do the Wonder Woman pose or put my hands up or just do some stretching. And you can do this in your office, outside the door, so no one has to see you. You can just power pose before you even go into an exam room. And it really works. So if you haven't tried it, definitely do. Another tool that we can all use for anxiety is mindfulness. And we speak of mindfulness all the time. And we often think of yoga or meditation. And those things really do work. Having a regular practice of yoga or meditation, even with an app, will help you deal with that day-to-day anxiety. So find yourself a class or do it on YouTube like I often do. And try to do it a few times a week. Because if you get used to that feeling that you're conjuring up in your body and your mind... Sometimes it will work when you're in a situation and your anxiety's pulling you away. I like Headspace or you can do Calm and there's a million of those apps, right? So just find one and it will feel really strange at first, but just take a little time to do it. Make it part of your self-care routine a couple times a week or whatever you can manage. And it's difficult to meditate or do yoga at work, but those skills that you'll learn at home will bleed over into your work. You'll understand what to do to get your body to feel better. So if I don't feel like power posing or I'm in a situation where I feel a little embarrassed to do that, I'll just stretch. And people don't think it's weird when you stretch. You can just say, oh, my back's a little stiff. I'm going to do some stretches. If you stretch out your arms or stretch out your back, it's all okay, right? People don't have to know that you're stretching because you're feeling anxious. They can just think that you're stiff. And you know that you're putting your body into those yoga poses in order to get more calm. Now, some other things that could stimulate your vagus nerve, which I found really fascinating, and this is probably one of the reasons I love to sing, is singing activates your vocal cords, which in turn stimulates your vagus, which is super cool, right? I also think it takes your mind off of some of your disturbing thoughts because when you're singing, you have to concentrate on the lyrics and the melody. It kind of takes your brain into another space so you can let go of some of your scary thoughts. 
So if your team will sing with you, that would be awesome. I would love to see a lot of singing going on in veterinary hospitals. I think it would help us a lot. Um, But just know that singing can help. So if you're on your way home and you don't like to sing in front of people, put on the radio and sing in the car. Don't listen to disturbing content, which is what I have a tendency to do, right? I want to listen to all these political podcasts where people are fighting. That doesn't do anything for your anxiety. Sing some great songs that are exciting to you or fun to you. Listen to your favorite artist. That will stimulate your vagus. Another way to do that is by gargling with cold water or splashing cold water on your face or putting your face into a sink of cold water. I used to go into the bathroom sometimes when I was feeling really overwhelmed and just kind of like put a little cool water on my face if I was hot, run it over my um, wrists sometimes would help me kind of like cool down and chill out. So that's something you could actually do at work. Gargling, maybe, if people won't think you're weird, but you know what? Who cares if they think you're weird? Just do it. The other ones are massaging your temples or massaging your feet, I guess, if you can get your shoes off at work, which isn't something that we usually do. But the other um, technique that I was taught was if you take your front, your, um, you take your index finger and your middle finger and you put your index finger behind your ear and your middle finger in front of your ear. So you're kind of holding your face between your two ears and then just rub back and forth on your on the front and the back of your ears do a little massage that will calm your nerves and it feels good so that's something you could probably do pretty quickly another thing that I was taught by one of my podcast guests was tapping and it's an exercise that can work to focus you and calm you down if you don't know what tapping is there is a website called the tapping solution foundation or you can go to my podcast with Marielle Falous. It was episode 191, and she talks about EFT tapping. And then she leads me through a little exercise of it on the podcast. And it's really fascinating. And if you've ever done it, it really works. It controls your active, anxious mind. And so that's something that you could do at home when you got home from work. Or you could even do little tapping um, just kind of very nonchalantly. And I think Marielle, ta- Marielle she's got a, a beautiful accent, so I'm saying it wrong. But um, I think she talks about that, like the different ones you can just do and nobody will even notice. Another thing that you can do is just get yourself a few minutes of silence. When we start to feel overwhelmed, a lot of times it's because everyone is asking something of us. We start to feel anxious. If there's too many questions, too many clients in the room, the receptionists are asking you a question, the techs are asking you a question, you've got drug doses to figure out, you start to feel anxious and overwhelmed. So if you can separate your brain from that chaos by getting somewhere, quietly hiding in your office or stepping outside or going to your car for a few minutes, taking a quick walk, you can start to feel more in control. You know, pretend like you left something in the car and say, oh, you know what? I just got to run to my car for a minute. Go to your car, get a minute of silence and breathe a little bit. And that will help you release some of your anxiety because that breathing is easier to do if everybody's not asking you questions. So just getting silent, closing your eyes for a minute will help. Another suggestion that I learned in the compassion fatigue training and this is the last one I'm going to offer you today, is to have a stockpile of good thoughts. 
So these are things that you can think when you're overwhelmed with negativity because a lot of our anxiety comes from those overwhelming thoughts. So what it means is to either write yourself a list of the great things about you, do the 25 reasons I'm a badass list or 25 reasons I'm a rock star or whatever you want to call it and keep that list with you either in your pocket or somewhere you can easily access it when you're starting to feel really anxious and then just read them to yourself. One of the ways this works is it fills your brain with better thoughts about yourself. So when you feel like something's wrong with you and you're feeling anxiety, you can remind yourself of all the reasons that you're not wrong and that you're worthy. The other thing that you can do is look around you if you don't have the list with you in that moment and try to notice things that are going well or notice things that happened to you recently that went well. Because oftentimes our mind is busy grabbing things to be worried about. It's making a list of all the terrible things about us, all the things that we should be worried about. So just refocusing your attention to look for things to be either grateful for or things that are currently going well in your environment. Sometimes that will relieve some of that spinning negative thought process that causes your anxiety. And sometimes it's just look outside and see the sun, or if it's raining, oh good, we need rain, or thinking about the last puppy you just saw and how nice the people were. You can also look at your coworkers and see if any of them are having a great day. If one of them smiles at you, smile back. Sometimes just that act of smiling will help lighten your load. And sometimes their good mood will rub off on you and work you out of your anxiety. Okay, so the most important thing that you can do for yourself when you're wrapped up in anxiety is to love yourself. Realize that nothing has gone wrong with you and don't fight with it. Notice when it's happening. Don't try to run from it, but be aware that you have the tools to feel it and still take action in a positive direction for yourself and for your team. If there's some things that I didn't mention that you use to help get yourself out of anxiety, please share them with me on an email and I'll make another list and we can either have another podcast about it and maybe do some interviews about anxiety if you're interested in this subject. Um, anytime, reach out to me. I'll make a list and if you want that list, send me an email and I'll email a list back to you. So the idea behind all of these techniques and tools and exercises is to help you release some of your anxious feelings so you can function better. You can work on your thoughts later in the day if you want to determine where that anxiety comes from. That's a whole nother exercise. But oftentimes we just need to calm ourselves down a little and let go of some of the stress so we can take some action and move forward throughout our day. Once we're taking action steps, we will feel that anxiety reduce a little bit, we'll forget about it, or we'll let go of it altogether. So I have two quotes for you before we end this podcast. The one is from Emma Stone, and it says, anxiety is something that is a part of me, but it's not who I am. And that's really true, right? Don't think of yourself as a person that always has anxiety. Just think of yourself as a wonderful human that has all the normal human emotions. And the other, um, the other quote that I came up with is from Lena Dunham. And it says, I would tell my younger self that there's no shame in asking a teacher for help, telling a friend that you're uncomfortable, 
and that anxiety is just the same as falling down and scraping your knee. Which is great, right? Because it is something that happens and it's something that we can deal with and that we can fix. So please work on your thoughts about anxiety this week. Work on your feelings and how it shows up in your body so you can recognize it. And let me know if you try any of of these techniques and if they work for you and how they work for you. I'd love to hear about it and I'd love to share those emails with others. So if you have some ideas that I didn't mention here, please reach out and give them to me. Have a beautiful week, everyone, and love this life you're building. Goodbye.